Delta Green, the role-playing game is a horror-themed tabletop RPG that uses dice and collective storytelling to help shape the narrative of the game. The handler presents story elements and situations to the agents who have free agency to make choices that govern their characters' lives. In the context of this game, Delta Green is a covert agency embedded in the upper echelons of government to stop supernatural threats and to prevent those threats from ever being revealed to the world. We at Doom Vision are playing Impossible Landscapes, a campaign of scenarios set in the world of Delta Green. Impossible Landscapes was written by Dennis Detweiler and published by Arc Dream Publishing. For more information, please visit delta-green.com or arcdream.com. All information will be listed in this episode's description. Previously on Doom Vision. Marcus hears his own voice coming through the walkie-talkie attached to Abigail Wright's wall. Unfortunately, it is a poor connection and he's only able to make out random words. He rips the walkie-talkie from the wall and smashes it to pieces on the ground. After calming down, he finds a map in the room with a letterhead for a Hotel Bredalbin. He proceeds to the basement and discovers Thomas's workspace where he painted. He finds several disturbing paintings, one of which is of the clown he encountered in the park when first arriving to New York. Meanwhile, the girls decide to split up. Veronica heads to City Hall to do some research while Ness heads back to the McAllister building to interview the remaining tenants. Ness interviews Roger and Louie but doesn't get much information regarding Abigail. Meanwhile, Veronica researches at City Hall and learns that Asa Darabondi, the designer of the building, disappeared back in 1950 and was later declared dead by his mother. After his disappearance, it is discovered that he is possibly responsible for the murder of children by drowning. She also learns that one of the previous owners of the McAllister building, Henry Lundeen, was found dead wearing a mask and silver robes on the third floor landing, indicating there once was more floors to the McAllister building. She receives a copy of the apartment building blueprints and attached is a piece of paper and written on it is... Hotel Bredalbin. I saw the rooms tonight at dusk. Later, Marcus leaves the McAllister building, goes back to his hotel to change his clothes, and then questions both hotel staff and Mac about Hotel Bredalbin, but comes up empty-handed. Vanessa arrives at the last remaining tenant's apartment, Michelle, and when she answers the door, her fears are confirmed that it is the same woman from apartment 10B. Michelle invites her in to see her books, and Vanessa begrudgingly enters the apartment. As the sun is setting, the bookshelves in Michelle's apartment begin to expand and grow, and the books start to fall from the shelves. Vanessa becomes entranced by the sight, so much so that she does not realize that Michelle has made her way directly behind her. Find out what happens next in this episode. In the meantime, let's talk about Marcus. <laughs> That's cold. We left it on a cliffhanger, which is very strange for us. We don't usually do that. Never leave them on cliffhangers, ever. Nope. Never leave them on red. It's not like our thing. It's not our... Not the formula to our show at all. So you're going to sit here and make me wait to find out what happens to Ness? Like five to 45 minutes, yeah. We all so... know I can talk a lot. Okay. <laughs> All right. Marcus. She's angry pants. What are you doing? You went to Max's bar. You had a 
you saw things. You were trying to, like, gather information. You were trying to do something. You were trying to get that... You were trying to figure out if that Hotel Bredalbin exists somewhere. You were trying to figure out where it's located. You were having some difficulties. So, what do you want to do now? So, I, I think now I want to ask Mac if I can use his phone. Okay. Sure there, buddy. And can I get a whiskey? Coming right up. Puts that cradle phone down. Bing! Seems to be a recurring motif. People are always <laughs> trying to use his phone. Um, and uh, he... Yeah, slides you a whiskey, gives you the phone. I, I want to call Handler Marcus. Okay. Make a look. That's a fail. Ring, 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 ring. No answer. Didn't you say last episode when you were done at the bar you wanted to go back to the hospital to get your film? Oh, yeah, I did say that. Well, that's what I do after <laughs> I try and call Marcus the Handler. Thank you. You're welcome. That's why I have you. I know. All right, so since I can't get a hold of Marcus. Mac. Yeah. Give me one more whiskey real quick. Slides it across the bar. You have shards of glass sticking out of your hand. <laughs> You're bleeding to death. <laughs> Remember when I used to think this was the hotel bar? I should have made you take a point of damage for that. What the fuck am I thinking? I mean, and honestly, drinking alcohol, you're just going like, to bleed start out bleeding. everywhere. Um, Mac. Yeah. I'd say we're good friends, wouldn't you? You're my best friend. Oh. Well, this might be the last time I see you. Oh. Shit, what's going on? I, d I don't want to alarm you, but crazy shit is going on. And, uh... Well... My team and I are going to have to be the ones to get to the bottom of it, and... I don't know if we're going to make it out the other side. Uh, I've been there, pal. Let me tell you. Ever tell you about the time when I was in a gang? No. I was in a gang. Yep. And, uh... Riveting. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, did I ever tell you about that time I was in a gang? No. Well, I mean, other than the one you just told me. Yeah. That you, you were know, in a gang. You uh, initiation into the gang was to go rob a liquor store. I did that. Got caught. Cop in the store, of course. Undercover. As a liquor store it's a tale as old as time <laughs> yep pulled out my gun he pulled out his bit of a standoff guess I dropped my weapon then he arrested me went to jail for 30 years you don't look a day over 25 performed that when I was 12 that robbery luckily I got out earlier than that on parole I got most of these tattoos in prison I, I, can I tell you a couple of prison stories Pour me another drink, I guess. All right. Did I ever tell you about how I was in a gang in prison? <laughs> no, Mac, you didn't. But 
take a drink. Say, it's been good knowing you. And if Jerry shows up. I'll kill him. No. Oh. You call me. I'll call you. And then I'll kill him. Don't kill him. All right. But if I need you to kill somebody, I'll call you. Are we starting a gang? We might be starting a gang. Okay. We gotta come up with a good name. How about Doom Vision? <laughs> How about uh, Mac and Marcus? Eminem. We could start a rap group. Oh my god, that's a good idea. But I digress. I appreciate the the little bit of humor. Uh, my past couple days haven't been that great. Okay, I'm dead serious, but okay, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, Jerry Callahan, I will let him know that you are looking for him, the man you, who hit you with his car. Yeah, yeah, but don't tell him. Oh, okay, I'll let you know so you can kill him. Okay, Mac. Let me know if you need anything. In the meantime, uh, you know. Is the drawing still behind the bar? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna walk out without paying my debt. He grabs his shotgun, <laughs> levels it right at your face. We're in a gang. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get a drink here for free. Hey, buddy. Uh, I'll see you later. I gotta pay your bill now. <laughs> All right. I want to go to himself. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the hospital. Okay. You want to go to the hospital? You make your way to the hospital. I'm, I'm going to do the walk of shame, and I'm going to see if. Um... They still have my belongings. Okay, so you walk in to the hospital. You walk up to where, you know, the desk is. And, you know, it's a different woman. It's a different nurse or uh, receptionist. And um, she's like, hello. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, my name is Marcus Landry. I was a, a patient here a little while ago. Uh, I left some of my belongings in my room. I was wondering if I could come grab them. Marcus Landry. Clickety clackety. Clickety Yeah, let me, uh, I'll be right back. Let me go grab, uh, see what I can find. Can you describe where I'm standing? Is it... Like, is it a long hallway? Is it, am I in a big open room? Um, I picture you being in like, um, like a bigger open room with like side, you know, side rooms on it. Okay. So I don't want to be standing at the desk. I want, like, I want to be somewhere where I can see anything that's going to approach me. Okay. All right. So... She goes and comes back, and there's someone with her this time. She comes back. You see, in her hand, she has your camera, or, like, your camera bag. Well, no, it wouldn't be your camera bag. It would just be, like, your camera. And it's, she's, like, holding the pieces. Like, she's holding, like, the main part and, like, the lens, and they're separated. And you see a security guard with her. And, uh... He says, the security guard, he's a really you know, burly guy. He says, uh, hey, buddy. I think you took off on us. You want to explain that a little bit? Yeah. I was tired of being here. I have shit to do. I was okay. Obviously, I'm okay. Well, you got to realize that the hospital has no liability for you, Okay. When you take off like that, you got to sign paperwork saying we advised you not to go and you left, you know. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Hand me the paperwork. I'll sign it. All right. He hands you paperwork. You sign it. She goes, here. here's your camera. There you go. Is the unit that is holding the film in one piece? Yeah. And it's still shielded from the light? Like... The yeah, film itself make, is make still luck. safe. We'll leave it up to the dice. I don't like you at this moment. <laughs> Can you blow on these? Because this you is shouldn't important. have asked the question. You set yourself up for that. 
Oh, defer to the dice. I, I have faith. I failed. Okay, so it's it looks as though it's in pieces. It's not, you know, unfortunately it's not in, you know, she, she I, I said that she has two pieces, but when you get it upon closer examination, it looks as though like it, in the accident, your the main part of the camera uh, tumbled a lot and like pieces had like broken off of it. And you look like if you were very careful, you could extract the film still. But your camera is, like, very much in pieces. Okay. Um. Do you want to get your shoes and your shirt back, too? My shirt's probably covered in blood, but you didn't put your shoes on either. I figured I would grab another pair while I was getting dressed. Um... Excuse me, ma'am. Do you have, like, a black garbage bag? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So I want to wrap the camera in the black garbage bag. And, uh, uh, ma'am, one more question. Do you know where the closest, um, photo development store is? Yeah, so yeah, I, I do. I take my photos there. Uh, how far, and can you give me directions? Four blocks that way, uh, up on 40th Street. All right, thank you. I'm going to turn and I'm going to head to that store. Okay. It's on 40th Street. Yes. I don't know anything about New York. Okay, so you take your... Okay, so you head up that way. Mm-hmm. As you're walking toward where she said this photo place was. As you're walking by a particular place catches your eye. Looks like very um it's the term eclectic um bookstore kind of catches your eyes you look you turn your head and you're like hmm it's an interesting looking place very kind of it's like some gold regal kind of um designs on the front and looks like an older style the um, windows are very very dusty musty Um, and so you you look at it and you're like it's a really interesting place that looks kind of interesting but do you want to keep going and go onto the photo place how interesting like am I feeling a Am I feeling compelled to see what the, this story is about? You're, as you're looking at it, you, you kind of just, you think it's interesting. You don't, you're not necessarily like compelled, like nothing is pulling you to it. You know, you're not, you know, there's no like hand guy wave, wave, waving you on in, like, come on in, look at this thing. Um, it just caught your eye. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll dip in and take a look. Okay. So you walk in, and there's you know you open up the door and it's ding ding, and look around there's books everywhere just books lining the walls kind of stacked up on the floor you know as tall as you you know books books just lining the walls and then almost like among the stacks you um 
among the stacks, you see like like a person catches your eye, just kind of sitting in there, um, you know, surrounded by books, and there's like a little bit of a countertop. And uh, hello, come on in. Got a really raspy voice. Hey, how's it going? Uh, good. How are you? Good. Uh, storefront's a little dusty. Yeah. Not much traffic. Ah, uh, get more traffic than you'd think. What type of books do you sell? A little bit of everything, you know. Name's Bob. Bob names Marcus. Nice to meet you. You as well. Hey, if I were a person looking for an interesting read, what would you recommend? What I recommend? Wander far and wide. Search for what is hidden. Isn't that what Ted and Bill say on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. Wander far and wide. Search for what is hidden among the stacks. You'll find what you're looking for. (coughs) Coughs. Do you got a cigarette on you? Yes, I do. Here you go. Can I smoke in here? Of course. So I'm going to light up that cigarette. Gotta love the 90s. I don't even smoke now. I don't know. <laughs> um, you, you hear like there's a clock. Like clicking. Like click, click, tick, ticking. Obviously it's a chicken clock. <laughs> it's clicking. Uh, okay. Bob, do you have a direction that I should wander? Go into the stacks. You'll find what you're looking for. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to start browsing the stacks. Okay. Start making your way through. And... You kind of walk back. You're you're having to, like... Have you ever been in, like, a... Um, you know, like a secondhand store or, like, a used bookstore, and you got to, like, walk among the stacks? It's like that, but, like more so so you're like you're always afraid that you're gonna like knock over a bunch of stacks and so you're like oh shit okay you gotta move through the through the stacks and then you pause you look there's many many books with on many different topics many different languages it looks like every book ever written is in this bookshop like you the amount of books so you pick up one up you know so this one's on submarines okay you pick up another one this one's on uh, surgery you know Sometimes you pick one up and it's in French. Sometimes it's in a language you don't even recognize. Sometimes it's in Chinese, you know. Um, And as you're making your way through, you see a person browsing in the books as well. Dark-haired, Caucasian man wearing a lavender suit. And what is your history? I can just look at it in 40. 40? Suit style looks like it's from the 1920s. And he's just browsing. He's got a book in his hand looking at it. Hey, Powell, what you reading? And he's looking at this book, and... This is a book on architecture. Anything good? Yeah, it is. Written by one of my favorite architects. He goes into how to design buildings that aren't necessarily the norm. 
I'm not sure that I follow. Well, I don't know what... They're not coined yet, but it's a particular type of building. It follows not the particular same set of patterns that a normal building would have. I'm thinking about calling them thought buildings, where they not necessarily follow the square structure of a building, or well, maybe they're round, maybe they're different shapes. Does that make sense to you? Not at all. Hmm. Does it explain it better in the book? I guess so. It's getting a little bit like... What's your name, fella? Marcus. Asa. Asa Darabondi. Nice to meet you, Asa. Vanessa. You... Dodge. (laughs) Uncanny dodge. Why do you guys always do that right when I go to take a drink or something? Sorry. (laughs) Can I save my soul? So... You're watching this bookshelf come to life and expand itself. Stunned. And you are stunned, basically. Last game, you failed your alertness to see Michelle coming up behind you to push you into the bookshelf. Yep. And so you didn't see it coming. There was no chance to react. You just get pushed into the bookshelf. What does that sound like? I'm just kidding. I thought it would be funny for you to go. (laughs) 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 All right. You get pushed. Your face smacks into the books, right? And then the books start piling on you. like pages flapping down on on your face and you're very quickly can't help but scream as these books envelop you they close almost like a cage or cocoon they start to it's like you're getting eaten by this gigantic stack of books that have just basically come alive and you the the sound of pages is almost like insect wings just and you look back one more time as you're surprised you see Michelle she says I'll see you on the other side and then you hit the ground and you look back and those books you see them and then they quickly go turn all of them all at once and now you're looking at a wall and you don't see any more books anymore I don't that, see was, any, that was fun. <laughs> I don't see any books, but I am I still in like an apartment? You're in a hallway. And it looks like you're in a hallway. You've almost been like transported back in time. Old style wallpaper. You see, like, an older-looking light source just on the wall. Um, like a, you know, um, not a lantern, but like a lectern. Uh, a light that looks old. An old-looking light, like lamps, light, lighting this hallway up a little bit. The adjective use is just on point today. 
it's fucking late. It's late, Troy. All right. And so you turn around and you just see this hallway. And at the other end of the hallway, it's dark. And about 20 meters down, you see a door. You're looking at the door. Suddenly it opens. You look and you see a set of arms come through the door. See a set of arms come through the door. Holding a box. Drop the box down. You could tell whoever it is, they're wearing long johns on their arms. You know, as a shirt, you know. But you can see long johns as the on their sleeves. And you notice that they belong to an African-American man with burn scars on the wrist. You're able to spot that. And when they, the door opens, you hear an eruption of applause as if from a huge theater. My gun is drawn at this point. And then the door slams shut. So I'm in a long hallway. There's a door. If I look down the other way, do I see anything? The other way, it's a wall. Just a wall. So mm-hmm. there's just a long hallway. So the wall opened up, these books deposited you here, and then closed behind you. One door. And then one door at the end of the hallway. Just to verify, I think I'd take a hand and reach out and touch the wall where I came through just to verify that it's solid and I can't make my way back. Yep, it is. Do I need to make a sanity roll for being swallowed up by books and pushed into some kind of other space, time, realm? Yeah, we rolled sanity. Well, we rolled sanity for you seeing it. Yeah, let's roll sanity for this, too. Thanks for keeping me honest. I, I, I remember you rolled sanity for seeing it, and so, I, yeah, I'm just... For actually being sucked in, I think that would fuck Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. So. I made it by 1%. I rolled a 63, and my sanity's a 64. <laughs> you are somehow able to keep your cool. Barely. Barely. Solid wall. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to move very slowly with one of my guns drawn out, pointed at the door, and I'm going to move very slowly towards the door until I reach that box. Make a sanity. Got it. You lose one point of sanity from the unnatural or one willpower. Your choice. I'll take sanity. Okay. You walk toward where the box is. And you... As you're walking, you're about to get close to the box, and then you suddenly, without warning, I need you to make a sanity for that. Doing good for me tonight. Got it. Okay. So it, it causes you to, you don't lose any sanity. It causes you to, like, grip your gun tighter. You felt like you, like, almost were going to, like, shoot your gun. Because you were just like, Ugh! you know. And 
you, you, it gives you pause for a second and you're like looking around. And then when you look back at the door where the box was, the box is gone. And it looks as though the door is different somehow. hear footsteps in that beyond that door it's like somebody's running can I tell does it sound like it's running towards or away from me uh running right by the door running right by the door okay you're like let's go you hear like muffled voices running walking running I'm gonna take a deep breath and compose myself after that loud noise that shook me and I'm still going to move slowly towards the door I don't want to rush into a situation a possibly dangerous situation so I'm going to continue to move slowly towards the door about how far away from it at this point would you say that I am? Uh, you're at the door. You were able to cover some distance last time, and then the big bong happened, and then you looked, and now it's like you're not looking at the same door. Um, and so you're you're at the door right now. Okay. So I heard footsteps and muffled voices. I'm going to keep my right hand on my weapon. I'm going to reach over with my left and as quietly as I can twist the doorknob. Is it locked? It's not locked. Okay, I'm going to very quietly open the door just a little bit for me to peek inside. Okay. You're looking into an adjacent um, perpendicular hallway. So it's going from left to right. And then you see, you catch like a flash of a group of people just running by the door. Some of them are like laughing. Some of them are like, let's go, let's go. You see they're all wearing silver robes and white masks. Did any of them appear to notice me? No. So I'm going to wait for, like, is there continuous people running past? Uh, no, it, they, as soon as, like, you open the door and then you're seeing them, like, running down from, like, the crack that you're looking through. Okay. I'll slip into that hallway and close the door. Okay, you slip into this hallway. Yeah. You have left and right. No indication of what's at either end. I'll move in the direction that they were. Okay. Are you going to pursue them? Not. I'm not necessarily trying to pursue them, but... They obviously were excited and in a hurry, so I'm just going to... I'm not in any kind of rush at mm -hmm. this point. I'm trying to not panic, and I think mm -hmm. if I start running, like, my adrenaline's going to kick in, and I'm trying to keep control of mm -hmm. my myself and my adrenaline. So I'm going to move, not very quickly, but I, I am going to start making my way down the hall, listening, watching, looking over my shoulder... Just trying to keep calm. But okay. uh, yeah, I do want to move in the direction that they were. It looks as though they made their way down the hall and then they hung a, an immediate right. That's the only direction it goes. It goes down the hall and then to the right. You want to make your way. I need you to make a sanity. It. You 
take one point of sanity damage or willpower. As you make your way, you're walking and you're, pers you're not pursuing them, but you're walking in their direction. And you round the corner and you almost run into a dead end. Bam. Right in your face. They're gone. You don't know how, where they went, but this is not the way they went because, but you were sure they did. But when you rounded that corner, they would have smacked right into this wall. Again, I want to reach one of my hands out and touch the wall in front of me, on each side of me, just to make sure that everything is mm -hmm. solid. Mm -hmm. It's there. Yep. Do you want to make your way the other direction? Yep. I'll turn okay. around and start working my way down the other side of the hall. Okay. You make your way down to the other hallway. Just out of curiosity, as I'm working my way, is the door that I came from still there? No. Fuck. Okay. <sighs> okay. So you want to keep... You want to try to go the opposite direction, you notice the door that you if my, came in yeah. is gone. If that door is gone, I, I really don't have any other options. Yeah, you so. pretty much have to go this direction. Yeah. You keep going. You see this hallway ends in a window. You want to look out the window? Yeah, I'm going to approach it and see what I can see. You open it expecting to, like, see the outside. So is there, like, curtains or something on it when you say open it? There's curtains on the other side. You open it, you look, maybe you move the curtains. You're looking at a living room. And then in that living room, you see another window on the other side. There's a couch, furniture, um, coffee table. There's another window on the other side of the room. Everything is very old style, very antique. You don't feel like you belong right here in this whole mess. You feel like you're out of place. The living room does it resemble the living rooms and the apartments in the McAllister, McAllister building or is it more like in a larger home do I recognize the shape of the living room I guess is what I'm getting at you don't okay but there's a window on the other side mm -hmm. I want to look back is the door that I came through still gone? Yes. Is the window big enough for me to crawl through? Yes. I will go through the window. Okay. Into the living room? Into the living room. Okay. So you step in. It's a living room. No doors or doorways. Just a living room with four walls and then another window on the other side. I'm going to expeditiously make it to that other window. Okay. You look inside. It's another, it's another window. 
with the curtains on the inside again. You open that window, and you look. It's a bedroom. Do I see anyone? Mm -mm, Nope. You just see a bed. It's been made. Old-style end table. An old-style lamp. Doors or windows? You don't see any windows or doors in this bedroom. Fuck. I need you to make a sanity from this strange, unnatural thing that you're experiencing. Got it. Somehow you're keeping your cool through all this. <laughs> Just Marcus would have been like... Fucked. Yeah, you've been I've going I've got nuts. good dice tonight. Questions? <laughs> I yes. feel like you I you have are, lots of questions right like... now. When I so I'm looking through the window into the bedroom. If I turn around and look over my shoulder, the window to get back into the hallway, is that still there? Yes. Okay. And I don't see anyone in that bedroom. Yes, correct. I would like to go into the bedroom. Okay. You go into the bedroom. There's no doors or doorways. You're just in a bedroom. There's no other window except for the one that you came at. You're, it looks like you're in just a bedroom with a made bed, a lamp, all the furnishings that a bedroom would have for an old, antique, classic, uh, whatever the word is. Like 1920s? Vintage, correct. Vintage 1920s style. There's like an ashtray on the... Can I do a search? Sure. My search isn't high, but I'd like to at least try it while I've got decent dice rolling here. And of course, that's when I get shit dice. I don't find anything obvious. What is your search? It is 29. Mm, Okay. You're looking around in this room and you're like, what does this mean? What is happening? I don't understand. And you're, maybe you get fed up. It's like, I can't figure this out. You know, it's frustrating. You're, You're looking and looking and looking. And then you notice a piece of plaster just kind of like crumbles, just falls to the carpet in the corner of the bedroom. Veronica, how are you doing? I'm searching away. Okay. So is there anything that you want to do? We, we haven't really touched on your character very much this episode well i wanted to try to find anything i could on that other hotel mm-hmm. and i wanted to look into the the names that were coming up for the McAllister building so you're you're doing all this research by yourself if you want you can ask for some help from the people at the oh i would love to yeah so so you can ask for like some assistance sure yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna walk up to the help desk and say Hi. Yeah, I'm I'm not from here. I was wondering if you could help me with some of my research. Uh sure. What do you got? Well, I'm looking into the McAllister building in Kipps Bay. Are you familiar with that building? Uh I'm not that building in particular. I, I know about the buildings in Kipps Bay. Okay, um, do you know of any major construction that may have gone on down there? Oh, I'd have to look it up, um, and, and, and by, like, help, I meant, like, uh, like, they could help you, um, you know, as far as, like, to get, like, a bonus to your search rolls. Yeah. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, like, you know, earlier you failed that one check on Asa Darabondi, you could... Yeah. I'm going to try that one again, then. 
Okay. So you ask, do you want to ask him about that? I'm not trying to push you in a direction. Yes. I'm just no, I want to, I want to know more about that guy. Okay. 16%. Okay. I gave you a plus 20 anyway. And, um, so, you know, you, maybe you're like, oh, I looked for it earlier and I couldn't find it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so this person, they, they say, hey, yeah. Uh, oh, here, there. Well, let me get you some books on it. I don't think I mentioned that you were at the library, but you, yeah. And, you know, I, to do all this research, you go to city hall, you go to library, whatever. So you find several books, or he finds several books for you. Find The Devil's Craftsman by Cavett Monahan. A Darkness at the Corners by Elizabeth Ortiz. Architecture, Genius, and Mental Illness by Dr. Peter Johansson. And here's what you discover. So during his early career, Darabondi was called the Picasso of architecture. He designed strange, misshapen constructions that he called thought buildings between 1905 and 1921 in Chicago. After having what is sometimes called a religious revelation or a drug experience, he moved to New York in 1921 and took up residence in an unnamed Midtown Hotel. The nine buildings he erected in New York City all still stand. They are, unlike his previous structures, mundane and of the age, with small, obsessed-about flourishes. Only after his disappearance in 1950 was Darabondi suspected of having drowned at least five children beginning in 1947. These books speculate that he may be responsible for many more. He vanished without a trace in 1950, leaving behind the drowned body of a five-year-old Isabel Sauer. Sawyer. Isabel Sawyer. Huge debts. A logbook which appears to track the deaths of children dating back to 1921 and many, many questions. He was declared legally dead by his mother on 2nd of September 1960. In The Devil's Craftsman, you're flipping through that book. You're, you're researching all day. Hours spending reading these books. And you see a photo in The Devil's Craftsman of what you can assume to be Darabondi standing in front of an Art Deco hotel with a big B emblazoned on each door. Caption reads, 1928, Darabondi lived for a time at New York City Hotel, which he helped restore in lieu of payment. And in the background, through the hotel window, you can see a huge flagpole with a very distinctive stone base. Can you make an in times five? I failed. Okay. Move right along. Vanessa. Kevin. How are you doing? A little stressed. You see a little bit of plaster crumbling off the corner of one of these walls. I want to go over... And put one of my hands near where the plaster is peeling. Can I feel any kind of vibration? Is it solid? Okay. Um, do you want to kind of prod it or just kind of give it a bit of a, just see what it's doing? To start with, I just want to kind of lightly put my hand on it because right now I'm pretty freaked out and I'm not trusting anything. So I, I don't want to like put my hand fully on something and get sucked into another like whatever I meant, dimension, whatever. So I just kind of want to lightly put my hand on it to see like, is it solid? Is it real? Do I feel any kind of vibration, heat, cold? I'm just mm -hmm. kind of testing yeah. it. Yeah, you don't feel um, anything. It just feels like wall, bit of drywall right there. 
but when you put your hands on it, it's got a little bit of a give. So where the plaster is peeling, I'm going to reach up and I want to start like trying to strip it and pull at it and break it. Okay. You start stripping, breaking, pulling. And when you do that, reaching up and kind of grabbing it, you know, and then you lose your balance and you fall forward and fall against the wall and then the wall falls down. You look up when that happens. There's a big spotlight shining directly into your face and you're holding up your hand. You can't see. Very, very bright. And then you look and you turn around and the entire room that you were just in is now a plywood backdrop. You were in this room, you were sure of it, but then you look. Everything's fake. It's made of plywood, a plywood background. You, you see the bed, it's prop. Everything's a prop in this room now. The lamp, everything. It's just a fake, like, drawn-on backdrop. And then you shine, the light's shining in your face. You look, you shield your eyes from the light you see that you're on a stage you look out the audience is full of people and they're watching you staring at you and they're not saying anything or moving or doing anything are they in masks and silver robes? hard to tell Is there anyone on stage with me? You don't see anybody on stage. If I look to my left and right, like, can I see the off stage? Yeah, you can see stairs leading down into the audience. What about behind stage? Like, is there an opening to where I could get, like, to behind where the backdrops are? Um, you don't see one. You 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 see like it's it's all closed off. Everything is painted. You know, it was like you were in there, but now it's just a picture of where you were. And I'm assuming the window that I came through is a backdrop. It's gone. Correct. Fuck me. Um, okay. Well, when I was pulling the plaster out, I probably had to holster my weapon to use both hands to try and pull at it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to very nervously pull one of my, my guns back out, and I'm going to make my way towards the stairs to get off the stage. As soon as you pull your gun out, you hear a sound. All of a sudden, like you're on this stage, you pull out your gun, and then a marionette comes from unseen with a a set of wires coming down from the ceiling. You look up, it's black, pitch black. You don't even see where they're coming from. And it whizzes by you. You pull out your gun. Maybe you instinctively pointed at it or something. And you look. Looks familiar. The marionette looks familiar to you. You draw your gun. You point it. You're this marionette comes from nowhere it looks familiar to you looks exactly like Thomas Manuel you pull out your gun you aim it at him 
and you almost can't help yourself. You really want to pull the trigger. Make a sanity. Fuck. I failed. Fade to black. And we'll find out what happens next time on Doom Vision. Hey there, Doomers. If you like what we put out every week and want more behind-the-scenes content, follow us on our socials at Doom Vision Podcast on Instagram, Doom Vision Pod on Twitter, at Doom Vision Podcast on TikTok, and give us a search on Facebook under Doom Vision Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, be it Apple or Spotify, and leave us a review. Thank you. We appreciate you, and we hope you're enjoying the Doom Vision Podcast. <laughs>